mother of Jesus. Oh, now we know it's recording because it says recording in the upper left-hand corner. I'm missing that the last time. All right. So, hi, I'm Debo. Hi. This is Lisa. This is Laureen. All right. You ready to do this? Take two. <laughs> the money shot. <laughs> All right. So we're here today with Lauren Jenkins, and you are the CEO. Is that what you're formal title is CEO? Yeah, I hate, titles hate are that. stuffy, but I, Unless yes. they belong to me, which is. I would wear it on a banner. Right, but yes, I would, yes, founder and CEO if you have to. Like a. With <laughs> a sandwich boards walk around with it. <laughs> you should have a sash that you just wear every day. And every day. Sierra. Every day, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so all joking aside, we're here with Laureen, and Laureen is, we'll just call her the head honcho of a new project a charity that you've started up yeah. in the last couple of years, two years into this, kind of getting the thing going, roughly? A year. A year, yeah. okay. So, um, just kind of by way of introduction, I met Laureen through a mutual friend named Aaron, and Aaron and I do some project charity work together, and we have for the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, she introduced me to Laureen because we were kind of marching down the same path of a charity, which is starting a, a concept of showers for the homeless people. Yep. And I, I had made some bandwidth and some, some inroads here and there, but nothing like you have. And when Aaron found out, or I don't know how you know Aaron, but when Aaron put the two of us together, we've decided to kind of meld our minds in terms of kind of adding whatever we've done and, and creating mm -hmm. this to make this real. So yeah. I'm basically just jumping on your bandwagon to do this. So I'm good with that. We have roughly about 20 minutes. I just kind of want to know a little bit about your project. I want to know a little bit about you and how you got here. Um, this is our take two, by the way, because someone in our production booth forgot to hit record. I don't know who that person is, but we're going to make sure that he pays later. <laughs> so, all right, so tell us a little bit about you. I want 30,000 feet. I don't need to know all the ins and the outs. But okay. Kind of, you're not originally a Charlotte native. Nope. How did you get to Charlotte? Uh, we moved as a family when we were 16. My parents were tired of the snow. We're from upstate New York. So, yeah. I hear that. Is that like the primary reason? So I went to school in New England, which is was, oh, yeah. was a shit show for me coming mm -hmm. from California. And, and my first day out there, like I, I played football in college. And yeah. my first day literally was like a blizzard of like, which seemed like to me 20 feet of snow. And, and people just kind of go about their business. Oh, yeah. Like it's, yeah. But I hear so many people that just their primary reason for relocating is the weather. So yeah. who's actually still in the Northeast? Um, the rest of my crazy family is still all in Pennsylvania. Yes. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And Canada? Canadian, eh? Uh, yeah, eh? So you moved here with your family? Whole yep. family's here? Okay. Yep. Um, you came here, what year was that, roughly? 96. So you were a youngster. Okay, oh, yeah, youngster. yeah, I was 16. And then, yeah. so you went to college here locally? I did. I went to Appalachian, Go Mountaineers, and UNC Charlotte. Okay, and your degrees are, you have a couple uh, of different degrees? Yeah, well, I, yeah, a bachelor's in psychology and a graduate degree in gerontology, which a lot of people have no clue what that is, but it's a study of aging and older adults. I know exactly so. what it is. I've been studying it for a while. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk, you know, study of aging and adults yeah. and all that yeah. <laughs> So you are psychology degree, which I, yeah. you know I also have as well. Yep. I do nothing with it. Well, actually, we do do with psychology on a daily basis. Yeah, so, I'm psychoanalyzing you right now. Actually. Yeah, always. Yeah. You don't want to go into this space. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, right? You don't want to go up in there, right? You're going down a rabbit hole, you'll never get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you do use psychology every day. You say you don't, sure, but, you sure. know, in our daily interactions with people, especially mm -hmm. with what you're doing, you're dealing with a very sensitive subject for people who are in a, in a distressed part of their life, yeah, right? Yeah. So dealing with psychology and kind of understanding some of the psychosemantics behind that good word um, good will word. kind of help you kind of move through the space. So yeah. 
Um, you had a degree in psychology, gerontology, you worked in the corporate world for a bit, you've got some public relations background, so to speak. And yeah, I was at Novant Health for, gosh, eight, nine years and doing community relations. So anytime you would see, you know, you see Novant Health sponsored, you know, sponsoring this or that or whatever, that was... Our the team I was mm -hmm. on. Yeah, I go to Novant Health. My primary doctor is oh, Novant Health. Nice. So. Yeah. Um, all right, so you're marching down this path of your career. You're kind of doing what you do. And then one day you decide, you know what, I have a bigger calling. And have, so tell, talk us through that. How did you get to this project? First, yeah. before you talk about this project, why don't you give uh, give it its just due and talk about your project itself and kind of what you're doing and why, what you're talking about today? Sure, yeah. So Project Outpour is the name of our nonprofit, and we exist. Uh, we'll be using mobile showers to promote holistic health and dignity to persons moving through homelessness. So um, in a nutshell and less fancier terms, we, yeah, well, we are gonna have a truck that's pulling a shower trailer. We'll set up shop um, across different um, areas of town in Mecklenburg County several days a week and we will provide showers. Um, this is about a basic human right and this is about dignity. Yeah, and so, and, and we've kind of talked about this before, and you and I have had conversations about it as well, and so the reason I, I first got into this, and I've told you this story, so I just act surprised when I tell you again, Okay. but, you know, I do some charity work here in Charlotte with my kids, and, and we do it on a regular basis. That yes. was, is that good? It was yes, a little anyway. too much. But. <laughs> anyway. But nonetheless, you know, one of the things that I was struck with every time we're working with homeless populations here in the city, and it's a, and it's a growing population, it you is. should know, with yep. the gentrification of Charlotte, which is fantastic. It's it actually, the numbers grew 13% from 2017 to 18. And, and nobody talks about those numbers. Everyone talks about Charlotte being the fourth fastest growing city in America, right. the number one city in America with millennials, and, and all that's great. And, and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. Charlottean now. I live here. I've been here for almost 10 years. I love it. But there, there's, a, there's a sidebar that no one talks about, which is with the gentrification of the city, there's also some yeah. negative aspects of it. And so um, as, as community leaders, which I don't qualify as that, but as people who are involved in the community, it's kind of up to us to kind of figure out the solution for that. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. there are people who are being kicked by the wayside, mm -hmm. metaphorically, but yeah. literally. Yeah. And one of the things that I was struck with was, was working with these homeless people, you know, we're, we're handing out food to them on cold wintry days, we're giving them ponchos on rainy, rainy, sleety winters, we're handing them food at shelters and cups of coffee and stuff. And one of the things that I noticed is, you know, they're mostly just really filthy and stinky and they have urine-slated pants and they're sitting in their own feces in some areas of the city, literally. Right. Right. And, you know, we take for granted, we go home every single day and we shower and we clean ourselves and we take a bath and yeah. we jump in our pools or whatever it is we do. And I don't think that people realize how important that is to their daily life. Exactly. And, and, and we've talked a little bit about it before, but there's actually a, a, a mental manifestation that occurs in your brain in terms of getting on a different brain wave yep. when you're in a shower. It's kind of... you go into a meditative state you mm -hmm. people say like some of their best thinking is done in the shower right and so um we take that for granted and so so do. that's kind of how i got into that space so you're working for Novon, you're doing what you're doing how did you get into the space of being inspired by all this yeah well i ended up moving out to um dallas texas for a while and so i was working with a nonprofit there that works with persons who identify as homeless or living in poverty I just wrapped up a tour of our food pantry and was headed back to my car and there was a gentleman who was on campus often. So he comes up and he, he's homeless or was homeless at the time and so we started chatting and one thing led to another and I asked him the last time he had taken a shower because it was the dead of summer and he, he, he was a little offensive smelling and he said it had been about two weeks and I remember my heart just sunk and I thought in that moment, God, man, like I'm such a jerk. Like I didn't even, you know, all the things that I thank God for every day, like I've kind of left a shower out of it, you know, like you don't think about it. Right. Like you said, I mean, something we totally take for granted. And so, um, 
yeah. So anyway, I get back in my car. It's about a five minute drive back to the office and I pass a food truck and it's the light bulb went off. At that point, happened. I remember thinking, man, we could put food on trucks. So why can't we put a shower on a truck and, and hit the streets and per- like the, provide this basic service for people that need this. So for those of us who are having a difficult time envisioning what's, what this is and what yeah. this looks like, kind of how, where do you even start for something like this? Because I was going in a completely different direction with, with where I was doing it. I, was, I yeah. was actually working with a company who provides mobile homes for tailgate parties, right. and they had outfitted one of their mobile homes with showers for like mm-hmm. large concerts and that sort of stuff, and they were going to be part of our program. So mm-hmm. what does this even look like, and how do you even get into that space? Like, Where do you begin? There's so many things that you have to do to start a charity. Right. Where do you start, and how did you get going? Um, Google and the Small Business Administration, for anyone trying to start a nonprofit or a business, um, have been... Um, great resources. And so literally I went home that night. The very first thing I typed in Google was mobile showers for the homeless. And my total lack of humility at the time, I was like, is this a thing? Did I, and then of course I'm like, did I just create something really new and innovative? And so um, anyway, I typed that in Google and a nonprofit popped up. Um, They're based in San Francisco called Lava May. And so fast forward, I've been out to visit with them twice. Um, I've got a couple of them sort of on quick dial on my phone. We text often. And so it's been really great to use them as a, as a resource. Um, and, you know, hey, this worked for us. This may or may not work for you, that kind of thing. And so, yeah. And like I said, the Small Business Administration figuring out, okay, yeah, what does it look like to start a nonprofit in the state of North Carolina legally? What do you have to do? And so, yeah, we filed for our 501c3, which was approved in August and did all of that other fun stuff. And so, yeah, so our plan right now is to not necessarily outfit an old bus, but to, but to work with an organization that creates customized trailers of any kind. Um, when you so, say trailer, are we talking, yeah. I think of mobile home, right? right. Like a, is that basically in essence what it is? Um, I, I suppose that's just the word they use. So I've kind of used that, but it's- So it's a flatbed, like a tractor trailer? Or um, is it- yes, and it- well, <laughs> Pulled by a pickup truck, so um, and it, it's about twenty feet long. And it'll have two private mini bathrooms, so Got each it. bathroom will have its own shower, toilet, sink, and mirror. Kind of, it's so. just it's it's not it's gender neutral. Is there does that matter? No, nope, yep, know? it doesn't matter. And so it yeah, and it's pri- like I said, each with its own private bathroom behind locked doors, so that people have total and complete privacy regardless of what they're doing in there. So I won't go into the minutia of how you're going to get that all set up because you, know, yeah. you, obviously, you obviously have to take into consideration disposal of the potable water. Yeah. All this sort of thing. We can talk about that off, offline. But yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of minutia that goes into building lots of meetings out. with Charlotte Water already. Yes. Well, not just Charlotte Water. I imagine there's a bunch of different red tape that has to be crossed. Yes. So yes. you have a group that's involved. You have a yes, board. I do. Which you recently invited me to be part of. I have. Um, tell me about the people that are involved. In it. Are they friends? Are they colleagues? Are they are they moms? Are they dad? How do you, who are the people that are involved in helping out? Yeah. So it's a it's a combination of I mean you you know right us being introduced to a mutual friend um, and I've got some people on there um, that I've met through the improv community um, and. A best friend of mine, actually, her sister's on now on the board. She's our treasurer, um, and then we also have a board member, um, a gentleman who used to be homeless here in Charlotte. Um, up to a couple of months ago, he has recently gotten housing, and so having his one-on-one firsthand experience to kind of help us understand and that kind of thing has been super helpful. So he's a huge asset. And Everyone is. And you're probably going to need a photographer for this. I know a really good photographer that is looking to get involved in the community. Um, so Lisa would be involved with that. Yeah, that'd be great. I just volunteered you. So you have people <laughs> involved, you have friends, you have, uh, you're kind of marching into the path. How, how did you kind of 
how did you kind of get into the space of working with the community and, and how do you delineate with who you work with and who you don't work with? Yeah, so because it's, you're gonna need more than just it's a, it's an army, right? That's oh, this for sure. Yeah, this is this is yeah, not a one man or a seven man show, but yeah, I mean, it really just starts with um, me researching and um, figure you know figuring out who those agencies are here in Charlotte that are providing services for the homeless community, and then just emailing anyone and everyone and sitting down and meeting with them. And so I've had a lot of conversations with soup kitchens and churches and high um, hitting organizations that a lot of people are aware of, like Urban Ministry Center, for example. So um, we've got their complete blessing, which is great. And so being able to, you know, talk through what it will be like to work with their outreach team once we start service has been really helpful. So one of the things I found about Charlotte, and this is a credit to the people in the community here, is yeah. there is a boatload of charities that are doing a variety of different things. Yeah. A lot of them in the great homeless, work. a lot of them in the homeless community. <laughs> one of the things that I have observed and, and this is just my observations, is there are some larger charities here that sometimes tend to be self-serving in terms of they're in it for the publicity. Mm -hmm. and, and I have interacted with some of these folks and I shy away from that because my mm -hmm. objective in being involved in doing this sort of space is completely opposite of that. Right. So as you interact with larger charities that are more established, have you come up against any buffers in terms of people giving you pushback? Oh, we were already doing this or we don't want you involved with that because and I'll give you a story, you know, on last winter, um, my kids and I and a bunch of other friends, we had about 10 or 12 of us went downtown and we had gotten donations from Target who had given us ponchos to hand out to the homeless people during the, their winter uh, ice storm we had. Yeah. And as we were moving around the community of Charlotte yeah. handing out these jackets, we actually approached one of the larger shelters where there was a bevy of homeless people. I kid you not, maybe 100 people standing in line waiting to get something. Mm -hmm. And we were actually turned away at the gates mm -hmm. and said, we can't come in here and hand out these jackets because we hadn't gotten prior approval. And I'm like, what approval do I need to give this poor person, these hundred people sitting in line, a jacket so that they don't freeze tonight? Right. And nonetheless, we are pushed away. So, two questions. How do you remain eyes on the prize and focused as you build this charity so that it is not a self-serving and the people that are involved with you do not become self-serving and this right. becomes a selfless act of service for the community? Yeah. And how do you deal with people who, who are already in your space who may have a different agenda than you. Yeah, yeah, so I'll answer, I guess, the last question first, um, and sort of going off what you said before your story was, um, I have had a couple of conversations with people, um, and I refer to them, I guess, as naysayers, is the easy way, who have said, this will never work, this isn't helping end homelessness, so this doesn't matter, and those kinds of things. And, you know, those conversations are really hard to have. A couple of months ago, I mean, I, I left a couple of them crying, to be totally honest, and calling my mom or a girlfriend and being like, maybe they're right, maybe this, isn't, this doesn't make sense. But then I had to remember, no, this is working in other cities like San Francisco, so this matters like to these people, and, and foundations and corporations and individuals out there see the value in this. And so that, it doesn't matter that it's California versus North Carolina. And so I've realized that I just need to kind of keep my eye, as you said, on the prize, sort of go after the low-hanging fruit, um, so the people that really want to partner up and, and see value in this work and really just kind of not, you know, again, to the naysayers, like, thank you for sharing. And now I dismiss that. So I've, I've got to move on. And I think you said a couple of weeks ago, being really cognizant of recognizing who my tribe is, right? And so I'm not, and I have gotten thicker skin, and this might sound terrible to say, but I'm not doing this to get such and such as approval, right? Like if, if this person or that group doesn't want to work with me, well, then that's fine. I'm going to move on. So because I strongly believe in this and I know that this is going to work and that this is a need. And so, I, you know, some of those people just might need to be proven otherwise. And mm -hmm. once they see it work and then, but 
Lisa and I talk about that all the time in terms of finding your tribe. You know, yeah. it's kind of a hashtag that I use on every one of my Instagram posts. And I know it sounds silly, but it's it's it's, true. it's really starting to kind of, at least I, I know I can speak for both of us because we've been in each other's space for a bit now watching watching the people that we're attracting into our into our personal photography world and our video world in terms of what we're putting out there and content-wise and being able to. It's almost like, I shouldn't really say this, but it's almost becoming a self a self-fulfilling filter almost, so to speak, mm -hmm. that we're, that we've created in terms of finding the people who are, who we resonate with, right? right? So how do you find those people in the community, not just people who, who you have to work with, but right. your volunteers, yeah. you know, so what's your inspiration? Like, who are you and what is this mission? If you yeah. had to encapsulate it in a nutshell, like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, this answer probably sounds terribly cliche, but, um, and I hate to sit here and say, I think I'm a good judge of character, but, um, I think that's why you and I clicked right away and it was like, okay, how do you join the board and we work together? I, I, um, I'm a, I'd like to think I'm pretty genuine and authentic. Um, people can say a lot about me, but I've never had anyone say, oh, she's fake. And if they did, well, we're going to talk about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm real intentional about um, how I invest my time and who I invest my time in. And it's really important to me that um, I am hanging out with people that are super down to earth and really intentional and not full of fluff and pretentious and don't have some sort of ulterior motive because this, you know, at the end of the day, this is about the people we're serving. Um, and it's not about me and it's not about the board. It's not about anybody else. And so I think, um, I mean, again, to circle back, I know my answer is really cliche, but I just, it, for me, I can tell a lot about my interaction with someone in less than five minutes, um, whether or not, okay, this is, this is sort of one of my peoples, if you will, um, versus, and you know what, I'm not real, I'm not really vibing on this whole, like, I've got it all together. And it's like, no, you don't. You're a hot mess. Like, let's be real and talk about that and what that means and helping people. I love like, that answer. Thank you. So any, <laughs> any questions, comments from you, Lise? No, I think though when you're talking about your tribe, like your energy is very contagious. And when you get with the same people that have the same um, values and the same drive, then it just exponentially will take you so much further. So that's really exciting to see that you, you're clicking with those people. Yeah, that's take awesome. You so much further. Yeah, yeah. It, be it becomes like a connective tissue, honestly. Yeah. It's like to yeah. around yourself around. And, I, you know, to borrow a line, you've, you've, you've used a lot of biblical references, but, you know, there's a, there's a line, and I can't remember the scripture. You probably know it. I'm not biblical, so forgive me. But it says, bad company corrupts good character. And my yeah. grandfather used to use, often say that in surrounding yourself with good people because good yeah. people promote inspiration yeah and so you know one of the things that I love about being around Lisa is that she inspires me and one of the things I like being around the people that I hang out with is I feel inspired to right. create when I'm with people who have good energy good vibes right. so I like that response yeah so in terms of the and I just kind of want to go back a little bit talk sure. a little bit more about the shower so the shower itself is, is there a is there a strategy around how you're going to deploy this yeah. is there is a scalable model let's talk about the strategy first are you just going to kind of are you going to be sitting there with your top hat running around the city in a truck or is there a strategy in terms of where you're going to place it yeah. in partnerships with people who are going to allow you to put it in a parking mm -hmm. lot, et cetera, et cetera, talk about that? Yeah, definitely a strategy. Um, I think all people by nature, we sort of crave some sort of um, schedule and routine. And when you're dealing with a vulnerable population, like persons that are homeless, I think that that matters even more um, because having consistency, which is something they tend to lack, mm -hmm. um, I think that will help us in the long run build those connections, you know, those connections and that really, those relationships to ultimately get them off the street. So yeah, so it's my goal that we would be providing this service on the same day, same time, same location every week 
really indefinitely. Right? In, in so different parts of the in, city. Yes, in different parts of the city. So that's what really makes us great is that we aren't static, right? We are able to come to you. And so, yes, there have been a lot of strategic conversations um, with potential partners that have happened um, so far. So churches and soup kitchens and agencies that already serve the homeless population so that we're able to basically team up with them and sort of knock two birds out with one stone. So is this a, the, the shower itself, is it providing its own potable water? Is it a store? Are you tapping into a fire hydrant? Are you tapping in? How does, where do you get the water source? From? Yeah, so there are three needs that I have from um, potential partner sites and one of them, one of those will be a water connection. Um, the shower trailer will have two 300 gallon tanks. Got it. Um, one will store the black water. Black water is toilet water or wastewater, and then the other tank will store the gray water, which is the shower and sink water. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where those conversations with Charlotte Water have been happening is, hey, where do I drain that water? So that Because if that tank fills up, that really limits us to eight to 10 showers. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have to turn anyone away. I mean, if we're setting up, first of all, an hour, an hour for setup and an hour for breakdown. So, I mean, if, if we could potentially be serving, you know, 40 to 50 people, offering 40 to 50 showers, we need to figure out a way to, you know, be draining that gray water. So those conversations have been really helpful with Charlotte Water. And so those are, yeah, some of the things that we're, we're working through. And so is there a scalable aspect of the mobile shower in yeah. terms of, maybe scale is not the right word, but so we're providing a shower. That's mm -hmm. great. But is there any, is there any positive fallout from that oh, in terms of can people... Is there going to be some sort of charity work involved with providing new clothes or is it maybe a swap? Because I had thought, thought about having clothing donations so you can swap in your own clothes. We'll, we'll partner with a local cleaner, for example. They'll clean the clothes. You can take a new set with you. Is there going to be, you know, whether there's ministry, you talked about ministry. Yeah. Is there going to be psycho psychological aspects of it? Are you looking for partners to kind of help be part of the bandwagon on yes. this? Yeah, this is definitely more than showers. I mean, sort of in the grand scheme of things. First and foremost, it, it, it is about showers, right? And it is about a basic human right and dignity. But it's really, we feel like a shower is appealing enough and that's something that we can leverage to really get people, hey, come and, come and take a shower, no questions asked. But then while they're waiting, that's really our chance to engage with them and, and discern what their greater needs are. And then through that, it's really important for Project Outpour that we are partnering with other, you know, the, the soup kitchens, the shelters, agencies like Urban Ministry that are really working to get these people off the street and into permanent supportive housing. So yeah, so it's our goal that we would be partnering with, um, you know, various, um, like the outreach department and social workers at Urban Ministry, for example, would be coming out and engaging with these people. Um, there was another part of your question I forgot and I want to answer it. Well, so I guess the part of it for me was, is there scalability to it in terms of getting other organizations involved that provide yeah. alternative services that might be of yes. assistance to people who are getting showers? Gotcha. So yes. whether it's, you know, psychological health mm -hmm. and people who are having mental issues, yep. whether it's food, whether it's clothes, whether it's, I mean, there's all sorts of resources. Yeah, right? yeah, no, for sure. So one thing that I want to do. I'd um, like to see a cradle to grave operation for, from my perspective. Like you go yeah. down to these soup kitchens, you go down to these shelters, and there's just limited services. But right. What if, you had, what if you had set days where people could kind of come in and get a whole bevy of, yep. of, of help, right? Yeah, so that's great. And, and thank you because I forgot, and that's what I want to answer. So it's my goal to potentially, I don't know if once a month is too much or maybe it's every other month do something that I sort of called treat street boutique, but I want to make sure I'm not ripping someone off. Like, I don't know if other people are using that language, but excuse me, but basically it would be, Hey, come get a shower. There's going to be social workers here. So we're going to chat and engage with you, but also maybe we'll have flu shot clinics. Right. So I had a great, like yeah, I actually had a great conversation with the YMCA um, yesterday actually. Um, and their partnership with Atrium health and coming out with <coughs> a medical van. 
and so having physicians that are, are coming out and so we're doing HIV testing, free HIV testing, free flu shots. Um, we'll partner with barbers, right? So we're having free cuts and shaves for men and women. And I've already got a storage unit actually full of clothes already. And so I love your um, idea of this laundry swap. Um, and we'll definitely talk about that offline. I got all kinds of love there. No, which is awesome because I have <laughs> an idea that I presented to the board before I even was introduced to you. And so working through what that looks like. So understanding that there's a greater need. And so how do we meet holistically this is about the health of the person, not only their physical health, but also, I mean, simple things like one of the things we'll be handing out to them is nail clippers, right? Do people think about that? So clip your nails if you need, if you're in there, clip your toenails, right? Like it's, it's one thing to have a shower, but if your nails are so long and they're full of dirt, right? So just all sorts of little stuff like that. So, so I love where you're going with it. And so yeah. it, it's important to have some sort of a strategy around yeah. that. And that's why I asked you that question earlier in the week, you know, are there delineation of roles within the board and within the people? And right. that being said, so are you looking for more volunteers or the yes. soldiers? Are you looking yeah. for people? How can people get involved if they want to contribute? You know, whether whether it's helping you secure a new truck, which you need to talk a little bit about, whether it's helping you yeah. secure resources. Mm -hmm. How do you get more people involved? Yeah, I feel like we're in a good place with the board right now. There's seven of us, but certainly if anyone had a, a real vested interest, I mean, we'd love to talk to you about what that would look like. Um, we, we do have... I would like an attorney on the board, and so we don't have that yet. Um, and then, oh, good. And then having um, some like side, you know, committee or like a volunteer corps, for example, that might organize the street boutique, right? So that that's going to be a huge undertaking and a lot of planning involved in that. And so potentially people want to help that way. Um, we also are looking for people to host donation drives for us um, and any sort of fundraisers until we get started. The goal is to hit the streets February first. So between now and then, we've got a lot of supplies that we're trying to obviously accumulate. So we're we're good to go. Um, That's right around the corner. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell me about it. Um, and then we also are being given opportunities to provide volunteers for different events in the, throughout the community in exchange for donations. So we also have a need to um, for the Oktoberfest half marathon, which is Saturday the twentieth, to recruit another thirty volunteers. And in exchange, we get a really nice donation, which will go toward the balance of the shower truck. So. Just as a side note, we actually put the down payment on the shower trailer on September 5th. So it's I, being built. So scary. So talk a little bit about what your needs are at this point. Yep. Where you need to get going. I need, I need, need a truck. I do. So yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So money, of course, every nonprofit needs money. And yes, um, as Devo said, we also need a truck um, to pull the shower trailer. Um, I, when I wrote my business plan, I did not include the cost of use truck. Um, so yeah, if anyone will, would want to step up, that'd be great. Um, Specifications. Yeah, 10,000 pound towing capacity, um, gently used, low mileage would be great. This is a preference, not a need, but I would prefer if it was black, white, or gray. Um, yeah, automatic, um, diesel run. I think that's about it. I mean, so kind of one of the one of the add-ons for that. I'd like to uh, you can talk a little bit about it, but they have a truck that's moving around the city. Yeah, it's an opportunity for somebody a to do a charitable, benevolent act, but. Right. Selfishly speaking, you can also get a chance to put some messages oh, on the truck. Huge brand marketing. Brand marketing, mm -hmm. brand awareness. And so maybe that's yeah. even a rotating thing where you can sell that. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. I know that sounds selfish, but that's the money that you would need to kind of run your operation. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, well, and it's, a, and it's a draw, right, for whether it's a car dealership or a landscaping company or whomever, you know, that steps forward. Um, yeah, I will slap your logo on that shower trailer and I'm riding all around town. So this is kind of your full-time gig now. Um, I'm working toward that. Yes, I have a, I have a part-time job, but yes, my goal is that eventually God willing, part of that money will go toward a salary for myself because this is, I want to focus on this full-time. Yes. At some point.
any questions before I ask anything else? Because we're running up against yeah, time. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So as with anything, mm -hmm. um, we'll kind of just kind of narrow down the conversation. As with anything, we're both entrepreneurs. We've been doing this for a bit. You know, we have we have successes, we have failures, and it happens on a day-by-day -day basis. There's yeah. always stuff that we come up against that causes us consternation, whatever it be. What is it that inspires you on a daily basis to see this through in terms of you're keeping your eyes on the prize? The people. Um, I remember specifically, um, as I mentioned earlier, I've been out to San Francisco twice. And so it is on those days when it's hard, I remember some of the quotes that I heard from San Francisco and, and particularly one encounter I had with a gentleman who was waiting on his shower. And perhaps I was reading too much into this. I don't think I was at the time, but um, we were chatting and his eye contact was super poor. So we're talking and his head's down the whole time and not very poor eye contact, very intelligent, very nice man. He gets a shower, he comes out and he's buttoning up his shirt. And he was like, so anyway, as I was telling you, and then his eye contact, it's almost like he felt like he was someone and he felt worthy enough to look me in the eye as he was talking to me. And it was like, that was really, really impactful for me. And, and so just remembering that and seeing the looks on people's faces when they walk in versus when they walk out right after getting that shower. So yeah. So when I have, when I have bad days and they happen a lot. And so for anyone starting a business, as you can relate, it will happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my conversations with people in San Francisco and I remember some um, of my friends here that are homeless in Charlotte or that used to be. And I remember, you know, my conversation with them and saying, yes, this is, this is amazing. We love what you're doing. It matters. It matters. So again, just kind of tell everyone how they can find you, how yeah. they can get involved. Yep. What's your handles, social media yep. wise, et cetera. Just kind of let people know. Yeah. So that. we're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, our handle is at project outpour CLT. Um, and then we also have a website project outpour.org um, where you can go and find out way more information, um, probably more than you want to know. Um, and then, yeah, you can contact us at hello at project outpour.org. Um, and we'll be happy to, to connect with you and yeah. So I've been to your Instagram handle. Uh, I've checked it out. We've talked yeah. a little bit about some stuff that we may be able to help you out. Um, yes. I'd like to, and maybe you have some feedback on this because you're queen of, of Instagram, but I'd like to start seeing a little more stories about what your mission is through this. I'd like to yeah. start seeing some of the updates of where you are. I know you have some confidentiality around it, but for me, what I have found is transparency is king in terms yeah. of getting my message out there and kind of getting people to align with what I'm trying to do with my yeah. business. Um, personally, I would like to see more of that from you in terms of updating people and where you are and what, what, what you, some of the struggles and some of your needs and some of your accomplishments. I'd like to see more of that personally. So is this a really nice way of you telling me that my social media sucks? Well, there's just not... The it's message. fine. It's just... It's a, <laughs> I mean, you and I have talked, Lisa, right? It's yeah. a fantastic thing that you're doing. And, right. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. more people need to know about it. Right. And I think more people would be intrigued by it if they could follow your story a little bit right. more closely. People connect. Yeah. You know, yes. And yes, research out there. I think Instagram is, is the way... I mean, that's, I think you and I were talking about it. Like that's where, especially a lot of millennials are getting their information. So yeah, we gotta, I gotta be better about and that. And you're getting ready to start a new challenge, which is you're not going to shower for a month in order to raise money. Is that, I heard that was the word on the streets. That is, yeah, I don't know about a month, but yes, I, oh gosh, this, yes, I had this idea. And then he, two weeks ago was like, Hey, I have this crazy idea. And I was like, Oh my God, mind melding here. It's crazy. So yes, we need to logistically work out what that is. But um, I actually was telling the guy that I met with at the Y yesterday this idea. And I said, could you imagine if I showed up to this meeting kind of stinky and not looking real nice? And he was like, but that's part of your story. That's part of your story. Yeah. I think it'd be fantastic if you got yes. yourself as the leader in that and you had other people involved in that. It was kind Are of you like, volunteering? I'm not. Lisa did said she would, but actually I'm not in support of that. But nonetheless... <laughs> 
but no, it'd be kind of a cool little thing to kind of, right. and, and document, you document, know, like right. here's how I feel on day three. And then after you haven't showered for a week, you know, like having video of people literally being aversive right. to you might be a cool, compelling story. Agreed. Um, and being able to visually see that and visually understand what that actually looks and feels. I think, I think if you get in bed with the culture you're trying to sell, if you get in bed with the concepts that you're trying to promote, it not only does it resonate with yourself more, yeah. but the people who are involved with it kind of identify with it better. Absolutely. So, yeah, anyway. I agree. But yes, I, I am excited and petrified to do that. But yes, it's something that it, I, I'm going to do this apparently. It's a huge commitment. Good for you. Yeah. yeah good yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting over here encouraging it, but I will have nothing to do with it. <laughs> we'll see. I might be able to talk into half. I was like, I you might be my... documenting it, right? Well, there's I, a, yeah. I'm going to need someone. Maybe, to, yeah. yeah. All right, so this has been fantastic. I appreciate you coming on the show. Is oh, there anything that you'd like to close out on this, Liz? No, it's just all good. We need more of it, more more of you, more of you talking about it. And like you said, sharing it on Instagram or stories because you're very engaging and people will feel that energy and that goodness and that drive from, from seeing more of what you're doing. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. Lisa, thanks for joining. That. I know you're not feeling well, so thank you for coming on and working through all that. And so when we close this off, I'll put a lot of data on the, when we post it, how, how people get involved Perfect. in terms of the website, the Instagram handle, all that sort of stuff. So thank you. Sounds good. Thanks right. guys. Bye. 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 Bye.